This is the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Quick Bites. Welcome to another Pro Audio Quick Bite. This week we're going to talk about monitors. And the reason we're going on this subject is because I was at an Australian Rules football match and uh, there was a uh, singer-songwriter musician guy I've known for oh, 35 years or something. And uh, he said, oh, I'm selling a pair of NS10s. I thought, oh. I said, he said, I've had them for 27 years. I don't use them anymore, so I'm just going to get rid of them. And I said, did you buy them because Bob Claremountain's mixing on NS10s? We've got to get them. And he said, yes, I did. That's exactly why I bought them. So my question is, do we buy all these monitors in our studios at home because other people have flash monitors and do we need them? Wow. Okay. You need speakers, I think. And I think it's annoying to wear headphones absolutely all the time. So unless you're okay with constantly wearing headphones just to listen to stuff, you need speakers. Yes, you need speakers, but you need speakers in an environment that is conducive to monitoring. So that's a bit of a problem for a lot of voiceover actors that don't have that environment. Right. So if we're talking specifically about voiceover actors, I, I think that a good pair of speakers that at least gives you very clear top end, proper pair of tweeters on them, and something that gives you at least down to somewhere around 100 hertz. But, um, you know, depending on what you're doing as a voiceover actor, if you're, for instance, um, doing books on tape and you have to clean up all your own stuff, you, may, you might actually even want a subwoofer to pick up all those really low plosives if you're not running with just a high-pass filter. You know, it's like sometimes you, the only way you know is if you have a full range set of speakers. The mix engineer for Bjork needs a subwoofer because I've heard Bjork albums where I hear plosives and uh -huh. I hear the mic pop wow. in my sub and I'm like, really? I'm calling you out, mix engineer for Bjork. <laughs> Let me throw this out there though. If you're a voice actor who is purely doing stuff that you record and send off to get someone else, uh, someone else to audio engineer and you're not doing edit any editing or mixing at home, do you need... Uh, a top-end speaker? Can you get away with a little computer monitor or a, some sort of a monitor that lets you hear the odd pop, crackle, hiss, whatever? I think if you're a professional audio person, you should have a pair of two-way speakers. And the woofer should be at least four inches. And then you're probably in the right neighborhood with something that's going to give you... You'll, you'll at least know what you're listening to and you're probably only at that point losing low end. and But... You have something that's going to give you somewhat of a full picture, but some sort of Dell speaker that's four inches or not even like two inches and no tweeter, eh. <laughs> you're you're missing stuff. Yeah, you, well, you, not only will you miss stuff, but you might actually hear stuff that isn't there because with really cheap plastic speakers, the speaker cabinets, they resonate and vibrate sometimes. And you might hear like a, a syllable or a word that goes like that and you think, <laughs> oh God, it's something wrong. And then you're hearing something that really isn't there. So the speaker should be reasonably good. I mean, there are, thankfully, because of home studios being such a big market, some pretty cheap uh, cost but usable monitors that are in the $100 range. Uh, Mackie makes them. Personas Eris, uh, the Eris little Eris monitors, the 3.5s are really, really surprisingly good. Um, I remember Fostex had a nice pair. We they they're actually yeah, kicking out under pretty $200. loud. dollars. Yeah, and yeah. and um, so you you should get a cabinet, a speaker with a proper cabinet. You know, not a plastic computer speaker that can really resonate and 
vibrate with certain syllables. It's going to completely screw you up when you hear it. So, right. can't especially be too if crappy. you're doing any, if you're making any decisions about EQ and compression, you should have a speaker. I think that gives you at least from 18k down to 100 hertz in some yeah. relatively flat. It doesn't have to be ruler flat because flat doesn't exist, but just some relatively. And and listen to it. Like like the biggest thing with speakers is just listen to stuff on them and get to know them so that you know what to expect from them. And then when you hear something that's not right, you know, oh, that's not right because it's not right. Not that it's not right because my speakers are crap. Right. Mm. Yeah. I've heard, I, but I've <laughs> heard things where people have, uh, I, you see them on forums all the time. It's like I'm getting this really weird sort of echo noise whenever I record and I don't know what it is, but when I'm listening back, and it turns out that the, there is no echo noise on the actual file they've recorded. They've just got really shit speakers in a really crap room and uh, they're getting stuff bouncing everywhere and they don't really even know what they're listening to. Or really, really expensive speakers in a really crap room. Exactly. Like having a really expensive mic in a really bad booth. Correct. Very it, similar it, start, it still starts with the fundamentals. And, and if you're looking for, you know, headphones can be a little bit deceiving and a little bit overly pleasing, but if you had a a room that was questionable and speakers that were questionable, it's easier to get a pair of headphones that are going to give you a better sense of the truth than yeah. speakers in a room. Yeah, I, I, I agree strongly. I, I, I have promoted the use of headphones for voice actors in home studios for a really long time. I've gotten a lot of pushback on that. And it's mainly because they're just most voice actors just don't have a budget or space to do a monitoring environment that's going to do them any justice. Um, so often, you know, I see a pair of monitor speakers sitting on a desk, shoved up against a wall. They resonate at like 100 to 125 hertz, horribly bad. Um, and they, so they sound very boomy and muddy, and they have no idea what it really should sound like. Um, it totally screws up their frame of reference. So it really doesn't do them any justice because they're hearing something that's so far from real that it just, they don't, their frame of reference is way off. So yeah, a pair of headphones, even a $100 pair of headphones is going to do way, way more accurate monitoring than a $300 pair of speakers shoved up against the wall on top of a desk, resonating madly against the wall, you know? Because I had a thing here where I, I was monitoring in here and I was hearing kind of like some low-level static and things. And uh, it wasn't until I actually plugged some headphones directly out of the PCI card and listened through those headphones to realize it was actually nothing to do with what was going to tape or to the DAW. It was actually what was coming out of the Mackie Big Knob, which is really noisy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I'm sort of freaking out about this noise, and it was nothing to do with what was going down being recorded. It was actually the monitoring system through the Mackie that was bad. I mean, I mean you can take it... Another step further, have, have you seen some of these programs? I believe even like IK Multimedia makes one and all the way up to like the Trenove system, which is like extremely expensive. But these systems that basically measure your room, ring it out, and then, you know, undo the bad EQs that happen, you know, the bad comb filtering that happens because of your wall configurations and lack of absorption. So, so do you? Get a pair of speakers that has a relatively full range, and then take it a step further and flatten out your room with some sort of room correction. I mean, what's what's really necessary is yeah. 
it works. I mean, JBL had a monitor controller that I installed in a studio like 10 years ago. It's now sitting on my shelf because it's kind of run its course. It doesn't work very well anymore, but it has that feature. It has a microphone, a cheap plastic measurement mic that somewhat measures the room response and adjusts the response curve for your monitors. $200 monitor controller. It just does it. Um, JBL has built that feature into their monitor speakers for years. uh, Genelec just recently started doing it um, with their monitor speakers where they have a measurement system. And there's a lot of credence to that. I mean, because it really works. Um, And so most, a lot of rooms aren't symmetrical. So one speaker needs to have a 2 dB dip at 110. The other one needs to have a 4 dB dip at 110. 100 hertz, you know, and stuff like that. So that really and, works. And the question is like, who needs who needs what? And if you're a voice actor and you're mainly just delivering stuff and you don't need to yeah. make critical EQ and compression decisions, you just need to make sure stuff is clean and that you can hear the full range so you know that you're not completely essing out or, right. or blowing up your plosives, then pretty much any fairly full range monitor system will, will do the trick for you and you don't yeah. have to get snotty about it or do room EQ, but if you're mixing things, then you at least want to sort your room out, get the reflections down, and and maybe go as far as to get a fairly good pair of speakers and maybe even do a room correction like, yeah. you know, and analysis and EQ. There's a pair of really surprisingly good monitors for a very for very small spaces, if you have very little space. Um, iLoud which is a model model speaker model line from IK Multimedia. Um, they do one called the Micro Monitor. And they're one of these, like, dare I say, sort of Bose-esque speakers that have like some kind of a wave guide inside. Yeah, like a myla tubing inside them. But they're really small, and the chassis feels very solid and dense, and they don't resonate, they don't ring, and they go flat almost down to 50 hertz. And these things are, have a three-inch woofer. It, they kind of device defy physics. But I've heard them, and they're really impressive. Um, about three hundred bucks a pair, maybe. But um, if you look something, want something really small, it doesn't take a lot of space, and it's still going to let you hear a popped P. Check those out. I was really impressed by them. I've I've heard them used in studio in a studio, and they, they they're pretty cool. I mean, is it me or or is the best place to catch a pop P actually a uh, a subwoofer? Like even headphones oh, don't always do it. Yeah, a subwoofer makes it like, just like it's, oh, there you go. It's, it's like, like super pound you over the head. Boom. Like I said, I've I've heard major record record releases where the plosives made it all the way to mastering, and I'm wondering how is that possible? Like, how did they let plosives through to the very end of the to release? Um, nobody was listening on a subwoofer. Not not for years, man. Like like not until after the '90s, really did yeah. subs become really commonplace. I mean, you had like yeah. big big speakers in your studio. But right, interesting. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know when subs came onto the forth, on, onto them into the mainstream, but um, I've definitely heard modern with, productions with the Foo the Fighters. Last, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> yeah. but probably actually around that time. Actually, I would say it was a hip hop producer for sure. Yeah, the interesting thing you might be missing here, though, too, George, is artistic integrity. Maybe I mean Bjork's such a hippie. Maybe she was going. I just want the natural sound of what we recorded, man. You know, I, I can imagine. True. I can imagine Bjork doing that. <laughs> There's a plosive there because I wanted. I is that plosive there because I wanted it there because it's meant to my audience. It's meant to be there. Leave it there. Her accent. Oh, he can. I wonder what happens when she blows someone's speakers up. 
Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh well, h- how about the Howard Stern show? Oh my gosh, let's talk about. <laughs> yeah. What happened there? You guys have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> Holy cow! Okay. Oh, Edit dear, point. Uh, to yeah. have artistic license like that, hey? Right. Yep. Yep. So at the end, at the end of the day, I think it very much depends on your, your needs and your particular studio um, setup. But you know, just like we said with the gear, when we talked about what gear you need to have, you know, if you are mixing for stereo or 5.1 surround. You absolutely have to have good stereo, you know, monitor, good monitor system, a good playback system. And if you're a voice actor, just cutting a track and sending it off, you may even need just one speaker. Like if you're really on a budget or space is a premium, one powered monitor speaker for 150 bucks might be all you need because you're not mixing stereo. You just need to hear a reasonably accurate playback and that's it. And you'll get more accuracy out of one speaker any day of the week than you will two because... Yeah. Two speakers causes twice the problems um, in terms of resonances and everything else. So give it a try. Give it a whirl. Well, I think uh, hopefully we've answered that question. But I'm going to paraphrase your quote from uh, a couple of weeks back, George, because I like it. I think this should be part of our show every week. Uh, It should be. We will tell you what you don't know because you don't know. You don't know. That's not right. What the fuck is it? <laughs> I don't remember. You said, you said uh, they don't know what they don't know, and it's our job to teach them. It is true. That's what people hire me for. And I try very hard to make sure I'm not teaching them what they don't need to know. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. They don't not- spin their wheels and waste a lot of time and banging their head against the wall, you know. It's just... Um, I'm very sensitive to that. I empathize with the voice actors out there who spend too much time Googling, watching YouTube videos, and taking training courses on stuff they just never will need to know. Yeah, well, true. What I want to know is if we're channeling the Howard Stern Show, who's pig vomit? I think you are. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're not pig vomit. We don't have a pig vomit here. We don't really, do we? WNBC. That's the one. <laughs> that was the Pro Audio Suite. If you have any questions or ideas for a show, let us know via our Facebook, the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. You're looking for trouble.